Hello, Podicumens, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, and it's been a long once again, uh, we are joined by your somewhat good friends who forget to call you during the holidays, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How are you guys doing? Um, I've been calling this whole time. It's true. Uh, true. Apparently, you have blocked my number. I did. So that's, that's exactly that's what has yes. happened. Actually, it's my yeah, fault. Yeah, I, I was I was doing better until Brett decided to take a private <laughs> beef he had with us and put it on the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. It's been fantastic. I hope everybody's had a great uh, holiday, holy day season. Yeah. Um, where we sit now, it begins Epiphany, and in Georgia, it appears to be the last day of a long winter, well, or it will yeah. be summer feeling tomorrow. Yes, it will. That's true. And then maybe hell fro- has frozen over. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, before we get started, I want to I want to share just a really neat update. Um, we've been going through the Faith Once Delivered, yep. which is a document that was put out by the John Wesley Institute. A couple things. One, uh, they have just concluded another summit mm-hmm. um, where they're working on a document that they'll put out on the doctrine of holiness, which will be very similar. So we're excited to look at that. But the faith once delivered that you can download for free at nextmethodism.org is actually now published yep. in a printable and ebook format, complete mm-hmm. with uh, discussion questions mm-hmm. uh, through Seedbed. You can get your print copies and your ebook copies. Um, and there is an official printed endorsement from the Podakesis podcast. Yes, it is. Uh, yep. So uh, get yours now. It's a great resource. I'd encourage you, now that it's even more accessible in a format people are probably used to, print a bunch of, or get a bunch of copies for your church groups. And yep. why don't you share in that together? And you can even share episodes that we've done uh, to help your group grow even deeper. I think and, I'm just going to get a bunch of them. And then I'm going to take each copy and I'm going to highlight the Podakesis podcast. And that's going to be the only thing highlighted in the whole book. And I'm just going to hand it out. Yeah, here you go. And like earmark it and say, this is the only thing you really need to do. This is the only thing you need to pay attention to. Everything else is just, you know. Well, and and I'm going to, you ever been to a concert or a big event where they have like their t shirt guns? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) who just Um, throw them out? The cannons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stuff the the t shirt cannons. Might have an ambulance on on site. Well, I mean, look, is Grace present with us? or not. Yeah. Amen. If you can't Absolutely catch it, true. if you can't catch a bug, what are you even right. doing at church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you even oh. doing at church? Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, so man, it's good to be back, and we are actually um, starting a, another section within the TFOD where we're going to look at salvation. Speaking of uh, salvation. Yes, yeah, speaking of salvation, this is section four, and like we've done as we've started previous uh, sections, we are going to actually listen to Dr. Ryan Danker, who, when he was on with us last year, recorded some snippets for the beginning of each of these sections, and so um, I am going to play that right now, if I can remember how to do what I did in our practice session. So here we go. In section four, talk about salvation and um and the restoration of the image um what what do we what is the restoration exactly what are we getting at uh with that understanding of salvation yeah i mean so it is a beautiful section because it leads you leads one right through um what wesley called the scriptural way of salvation and and you know this, this is kind of a nuts and bolts wesleyan approach here beginning with you know the prevenient justifying, sanctifying grace, these, the, the, these avenues of grace. Um, 
whereby God transforms a person and makes him or her whole, um, walking with Christ, learning the patterns of Christ, um, so that ultimately it's, it's holy love that dominates in that person's life as they cooperate with the grace that God has given. And, and it's this process, right, of, of responding, reacting to God's call, and, and walking with the faithful and journeying with, with others as, as they move toward wholeness. You know, it's one thing I do want to make clear is that Wesleyans are often accused of being individualistic about this. It's not individualistic. We actually expect you to do this with other people. <laughs> um, right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, Wesley said there is no solitary Christian, right? Um, That's right. And he used to pick on monks who go out in the deserts and pray by themselves. I, I, I don't think he should have picked on monks for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That section four, it really lays out what does salvation mean in the Wesleyan tradition? All right. So uh, that was, again, from a... Um, from a few uh, months ago, several months ago, when we had Dr. Danker on, and um, he was opening up this section dealing with the uh, dealing with salvation. And so let's can go just, ahead. And, can I just yeah, say something real quick? As much yeah. as uh, uh, Ryan is just fantastic, your laugh is uh, right up there. <laughs> Life, I was struck right. not only by the beauty of the content of that conversation, but just how <laughs> embarrassingly we are fanboys of our brother Ryan, apparently. Uh, we, just la- we laugh like little school children at everything he says. Well, you know, but he, he's, he's, he's right. He's right on the money, man. Like, so, um, yeah, good stuff. So why don't we go ahead and get started and look at... Uh, Paragraph 109, which opens up this section, um, and then maybe even paragraph 110 there. Sure. So we want to remind our reader, uh, readers, listeners, um, that um, <laughs> the TFOD is, is, is centered around the whole image idea, that we are right. created in the image, um, that um, the image is um, marred, and then now section four, the image is restored. Yeah. So 109 uh, explains a little bit the fall. The fall marred the image of God in humanity. Rather than reflecting God as intended at creation, humanity's corruption marred the image. Salvation is the restoration that God has initiated in Christ to heal humanity and even creation itself so that it might once more reflect his image. And then paragraph 110, the process by which the image of God and communion with God is restored is called a way or order of salvation. It is a way of describing the effects that the grace of God has in human life. Or to put it differently, it is the way to describe what salvation looks like and the process that believers go through as they move from a sinful life, one turned away from God, to a life turned toward God, a life of freedom, wholeness, and Christ-likeness. So in Sermon 62, which is outside of Wesley's normal, I guess you could call them the standard sermons, um, uh, is a sermon that he preached called The End of Christ Coming. And the idea behind this sermon is uh, the full the fulfillment of uh, the work of Christ kind of fully, um, not just him coming on earth, but his second coming as well. And he's got a section in there where he says... Um, as Satan began his his work in Eve by tainting her with unbelief, so the Son of God begins his work in man by enabling us to believe in him. 
And so, this work of the order of salvation, this work we're going to be getting into in this episode and in, in coming episodes on prevenient grace, justifying grace, work, uh, things like regeneration, um, uh, convincing grace, uh, convicting grace, repentance, all of this, all of this is a work of, of God um, that will that moves us, that helps moves us, that uh, reveals to us um, God's love, His mercy for us, so that we would become the people we were created to be. It's a deep cut, Brett. Man, <laughs> yeah. Wesley, deep cut. Well, I was, you know, I was I like uh, hanging out watching football last night, reading Sermon sixty two myself. <laughs> I mean, because who doesn't? I mean, right. I mean, Anything outside you know? of the standard sermons, I mean, come on, I should get a little extra credit for that, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, if there's any credit at all, you'll get extra. Well, I appreciate Scooby that. Scooby snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one meta concept, large picture concept that is beautiful uh, here, and it's really good for us to remember, is the concept of salvation, not just in the Wesleyan tradition, but in general, yeah. particularly here as we're talking about it. Um, is larger and more beautiful than we might often think of it in common day-to-day usage, mm-hmm. okay? So, what we would often think of as salvation, um, mm-hmm. we really would term as justification, meaning yeah. that we, the moment that we are, quote, mm-hmm. saved. Yeah. Um, and and that's, a, that's a powerful and beautiful and memorable moment, and there's nothing to take away from that, except that it's not all that there is, Right, And it's not simply that we were once doing bad things, those things are forgiven, and now we're going to try to stop doing bad things. Right, There's the entire restoration of who we are and therefore what the world is that God is working through salvation. Yeah. So, um, it is, we've said it before, we'll say it again, or I'll say it again. It, it's quite appropriate to, to use the phrase, I have been saved, I'm being saved, I will be saved. That's right. That's right. Not that's not to say we have any doubt <clears throat> that we were justified mm-hmm. when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not to say there's any doubt that our sins are forgiven and that we have assurance of our salvation. Right. What it is is a recognition that justification is really a an important waypoint on the larger journey of what it means to be fully restored into the image of God. So, I want us to be thinking about salvation as bigger than, um, I have given my life to Jesus, I'm forgiven, and I'll go to heaven one day. Mm -hmm. All right? Uh, One more thought. When we talk about a way or an order of salvation, uh, there's there's some resistance against this term because, you know, life is not rigid and uh, whatnot, and that's fine. But what we want to do is we want to at least describe the ways in which we will experience the power of God um, and experience that in our lives. So, one, we can understand what's happening. We can also use it to say, hey, here's where I am and what I can, you know, seek next. Mm -hmm. But also, I can see what the people around me, I can help them know what's happening in their lives and what God can do next. So, this is not meant to say that um, this is an order like steps to building Ikea furniture. Um, but it is, in fact, just a, a, a large scope of expressing. It's like the trailer of the movie that you can you you will generally expect to see as God restores people from their fallen state. Yeah, I, go ahead, Alan. Well, no, I was just I think um, 
we you the three of us have grown up in a culture where the the emphasis has been on justification right and um think one yeah, of the, the altered experience yeah, the yeah. altered experience so you know um and then i think what we are and what the tfod is suggesting and what we are suggesting and and what we are uh, as as wesleyans are coming um to grips with and um realizing that we offer the ex- the offer of Christianity, that we, the expression of Christianity that we offer is that there's more to it. There's, there's a, there's a salvation is bigger than that right. uh, is what Jim uh, was saying. Yeah. And also um, it's, you know, kind of what Ryan was saying in the little clip we had about doing it together. But um, you know, the paragraph 109 says that to heal humanity and even creation itself, the salvation involves all of creation, not just, the human, um, you know, we as humans, but it's all of creation. And then, and I think as we are being saved, um, um, we take, I don't know, we're a part of restoring creation, um, healing creation with God, partnering with God. And and I would say that there's still, there's special grace that goes on out. And and by grace, I want us to remember um, Wesley's, term for grace is definition, not just the one that we're used to, which is kindness or unmerited favor, mm-hmm. okay? But the power of God for mm-hmm. peace and transformation, right? Right. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So right. when we're talking about grace, we're not just talking about if you're nice enough, you will be better. God, right. You're going to be better because God is nice to you and creation will get better because God is nice to it and you're right. nice to it. We're talking about power for peace and transformation, Right. all right? Um, if there's one thing that anybody could ever get from the TIFA conversation, it's that line. But I, I, I have a sense, and you can see this in Paul's writings, that all creation groans. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Christ, mm, that there's right. a special grace going on in creation too that we can also cooperate with. But the, the, there's a beautiful uh, ethical conversation that's been going on that's really worth uh, later on, not now digging into, which is, the goal is a transformed humanity. The goal is a restored creation. What is our role and what is the role of God? Right. Remembering that those things are only within the power of people as we respond to what God is doing. Right, right. Um, right. And so you have the, the concept of, well, this means pure environmentalism. Well, no, but yes, right? Like it involves, it involves conscientiousness and care. Yeah. But it will not creation will not be restored simply by environmentalism. Right. The same way that humanity will not simply be restored by seeking to usher in utopian governments. We've right. seen that happen throughout. Yeah. So it's a special grace of God that we cooperate with yeah. that I believe is also in creation. But how beautiful to say God cares so much that he seeks to restore all that he has made. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, for me personally, the the order of salvation that we're going, we're going to be getting into over the next several uh, episodes ha- has been very helpful for me in understanding the completeness of God's work of salvation um, within us, the completeness of it. Um, I do want to give a little bit of a a warn, not warning, but just kind of a a thought here. Um, sometimes when we talk about the Wesleyan way of salvation or the order of salvation, um, we 
we tend to, th- it's easy to start thinking of these in separate terms or separate things, separate actual things happening um, or, or, or being given to us. So prevenient grace uh, being wholly a different thing than, let's say, justifying grace. And justifying grace being a wholly different type of grace than sanctifying grace, where honestly, my understanding of the order of salvation, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong here, is that grace, God's grace is His grace. It's 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 His work. It's His love. It's His outpouring. It's the what what Jim was talking about about the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's God's move because of His love and and who He is towards us to redeem us, to help us to become, to be transformed back into who we were created to, to be. So, um, prevenient grace is how I'm responding to that, right? Like, it's my, res- it's how right. I respond. Uh, justifying grace is how I respond to that. Uh, or how, I, how I'm receiving it receiving, at the moment. How I'm receiving it, right. Um, you know, sometimes, so, um, I like to, com- I, my, my, my brain automatically just compartmentalizes things, you know, and it just for for ease of uh, of understanding things, but sometimes that's the that can lead into an inadequate version of what actually Scripture is teaching us. If you do that kind of thing, I'll give you an example here. Um, sometimes I tend to think of the order of salvation as almost something like in a. Um, Role playing game or a D and D thing where it's a power up, it's leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. <laughs> so when I was in high school, um, I was a LARPer. I'm just going to go ahead and put this out. Uh, can there you for just everybody. tell just tell people what LARP is? It's an acronym. Yes, for live action role playing. I right. I was a I was a mage. I was a wizard that ran around Drexel Park in Valdosta every Sunday afternoon from noon to six. Okay, so and I just want to get really clear. <laughs> Don't stop the momentum of the story. Hold that moment. But what this means is that. Not only were you playing role-playing games, yes, but you yep. were acting them out in yep. the public sphere. Yep, I was. Which, yes. there's no judgment. None. I think sure, it's fantastic, absolutely. but I no, just want no, people to no. really get the image. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, no judgment. I had, absolutely. Robe, I had a robe and everything. Who knew in 1997 when I was doing this in high school um, uh, for about a year and a half out there at Drexel Park in Valdosta, right outside of Valdosta State University, who knew in 1997 that I would be wearing a robe for a living as a pastor. <laughs> and so what he but, means to yeah. say is he never stopped LARPing. I never have, really. Not at all. Ab- absolutely. Um, but, you know, as a LARPer and as a person who's played role-playing games with D&D and uh, Dun- Dungeons and & Dragons and that kind of thing, um, <clears throat> you know, you level up. You, you, you start off real weak with few items, and you level up, you level up, you level up until you're all and powerful and you can uh, take on anything. Um, that's not what we're talking about with the Order of Salvation here. This is not a Dungeons & Dragons or LARPing level up. This is a response or how we are um, how we are reacting to responding, taking on what God is freely and lovingly and mercifully giving uh, giving to us. Um, and so uh, let's talk about getting saved, y'all. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, par- uh, let's look at paragraph 111 and look at right. uh, what it means to be saved. All right, paragraph 111, the, the redemption of humanity. The restoration of the image can be understood as gaining freedom, freedom from on the one hand and freedom to on the other hand. The first is freedom from the power of actual sins and freedom from the guilt of sin. Later in the Christian journey, this freedom includes freedom from the being of sin, a being or nature set against the things of God. 
Simply put, freedom from is liberty from both sinful acts and from sinful being. Our need is twofold and corresponds to two works of grace expressed in Wesley's sermon, The Scripture Way of Salvation. Justification and regeneration on the one hand and entire sanctification on the other. Mm-hmm. Paragraph 112, yeah. salvation also embraces um, freedom to, uh, that is, the freedom to love God and neighbor. This is what Charles Wesley pointed to when he wrote, My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's from And Can It Be That I Should Gain. Freed from the chains of sin, we are free to love as we ought and as we have been created to do. This, too, is what salvation is about. It is a movement of restoration, a redemption whose origin is from the Father, rooted in the atoning work of Christ and administered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that uh, that's just, I mean, you can't, you really can't even go beyond, I mean, freedom I mean, from and freedom, freedom to. Freedom from two, I mean. Yeah, um, and by the way, that's my favorite line in my favorite hymn of all time, right there. Mm. Uh, my chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Um, Is it your favorite melody in the entire, of all time? <clears throat> now now you're beyond me, I, I don't Can know. Can you what, sing it for us? <clears throat> my chains... <laughs> He was going to try. He was going to try. try. I was going to try. Um, but I, I'm going to just, no, no. No. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. We'll, we'll, no. put, we'll, put a, we'll put a link we would, to an audio version in the show, show notes. Oh, we do want our listeners to return, so let's yeah, not. That's, see, that's, I mean, yes. Although I, I may have scared them off with the uh, Dungeons. The, the, LARPing. Time, the LARPing. If you're thing. still here, we want you to stay. That's true. Yes, absolutely true. <laughs> I'm just grateful that um, I did that during a time when digital cameras weren't a thing. So, yeah. Right. Well, later, we need uh, to talk about how blessed we were to to grow up without uh, everything being documented and yes, broadcast yes, on the right. internet. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely but salvation true. is freedom from and freedom to. Yeah, that's strong. That's that's um. I mean, freedom from the power, freedom from the guilt of sin, and then freedom to love God and love neighbor the way that we are supposed to and we're created to. Right, and so if that's the great commandment, right? I mean, that you know, the great yep. commandment to love the Lord your God with um, your heart, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, outside of a work of God, we can't do that. It is impossible for sinful humans to do that. We cannot do that, and so God's grace comes in, changes us, and begins working to transform us to be who we were created to be. And in doing that, that's when we can start. We 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 would receive the freedom um, from the 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 curse of our, of sin, the freedom from the chains of sin, and the freedom to carry out that great commandment. Hmm. All right. Oh, and I love. Uh, uh, we're moving into grace here. It's all this comes together, right? So here's salvation, this yep. freedom from, freedom to, right? Um, and then the tifod moves into this idea of grace, which enables us to be able to walk in these ways enables us um, to experience salvation in our lives. And, and also gets into what Jim was talking about, the power. The power, and that's power. what I want to speak to here in just yes. a moment. This idea, this almost the like wonder two, working power. Um, this twofold, man, Jim, I mean, we're on a hymn kick today. So uh, this, mm-hmm. uh, this, we'll blame um, the that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea of what will, in uh, paragraph 114, which we're going to get to in a minute, um, will speak of a, um, uh, in, in a twofold way of looking at grace, um, of, of both in, of happiness or peace and in holiness. So let's, um, let's right. uh, go ahead and start at 113. All right, so we're going to do three paragraphs on grace. 113, grace enables people to walk in the ways of God. It is the salvific 
uh, strength of the Almighty, um, mediated to believers by nothing less than the presence of the Holy Spirit. Grace is universal. It also entails a relation to the Most High. For in Him we live and move and have our being, Acts 17, 28. Mm. At its heart, a Wesleyan believes that grace is dynamic and transformative. Grace is not static. It is inherently active. Wesley described grace as the power of the Holy Spirit. 114, we can distinguish the characteristics of grace from the categories of grace. God's calling to us, convicting us, pardoning us, sanctifying us. And finally, from the nature of grace itself, the gifts of peace and power. Wesley's own breakthrough in terms of his understanding of grace came in March 1738 when he was convinced that grace must be understood in terms of both happiness or peace and holiness or power. 115. The way or order of salvation can be understood in terms of how the presence of the Holy Spirit is manifested in both peace and power in the lives of believers. In other words, those who trust in Jesus Christ will be transformed in being over time from grace to grace with purity of heart as the goal when the Holy Spirit reigns in believers' hearts without a rival. Seek first the kingdom of God. So that's that's just what... So Man. that was a powerful day for John Wesley. I remember uh, March 1738 when I was eating some Lucky Charms. Um, <laughs> I felt something stir uh, across the street, and lo and behold, John Wesley was having that moment. Man, who knew Lucky Charms were a thing back Man. in uh, 18th century England? That's what Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln said on the internet. <laughs> um, are you sure that was Lucky Charms you were eating? Um, yeah, you... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there was this, uh, you know, so we have talked before in when we were did the John Wesley's revision of the Shorter Catechism about how Wesley was staunchly opposed to a lot of Calvinistic teaching, particularly the idea of, um, the, the idea that of, um, uh, predestination and, and those type of things, those who are who are predestined to be saved and predestined to be damned. Um, staunchly, and that's why he, one of the reasons he revised the Shorter Catechism, it's also one of the reasons why he modified uh, the, the Articles of Religion of the Church of England from, I think it was like from 39 to 25 or something like that. So we, uh, uh, so we know that. But one of the things that is interesting about prevenient grace is it seems that uh, prevenient grace itself... So one of the things that comes out of Calvinistic teaching is that grace is irresistible as part of the TULIP uh, uh, mm-hmm. acronym. It's irresistible. Mm-hmm. It seems that in a sense... Um, and I don't even know if irresistible is the right word, but that prevenient grace... We that we have no freedom. Like prevenient grace is universal. That's what we're great. This this idea is universal. No one. We don't have a choice whether or not we re, that we we receive God's grace. Like, am, am I making sense here? Like, it's um, yeah. So God's grace simply is. So yes. if you take out even the terms, yes. But, uh, like you said earlier, we don't want to break it out too much. Yeah. God is simply um, approaching all people with grace. Yes. And so, right. in that in that regard, it's as irresistible as water is to a fish. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what I was getting. So, yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's like now, so, so the various ways of receiving and submitting to mm. that ever-present responding. power, that God, right? Yeah. yeah. 
that 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 is um, that involves what we would call cooperation. That's right. Which, response. Yes. Right. Right. Um, uh, is it Randy Maddox? Or is that I the think picture? cooperative grace? Yes, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, he calls it responsible grace. Responsible grace. Yeah. That's Did I confuse right. him with the old pitcher uh, from the Diamondbacks? No, that's the uh, wait, Randy. Uh, no, Randy, Randy Johnson. Randy oh, Johnson. go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> I got baseball yeah. on my mind again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you, you, right, and so um, the um, uh, oh gosh, where was I going to go with this? There was a place. Hold on one second. It's coming to me. Um, uh, all right, let's just move on. I've, I've lost. What well, I was no, I think to get I think at. I think in the next episodes we're going to get it starting into the nitty gritty of sort of the right. way we experience God's grace. I think these paragraphs. I, I like what Jim said earlier about in reminding us what Wesley and this is what paragraph one thirteen says is that the, the grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. right. I do think that um, we do have some. Sometimes we have this notion of grace as this, you know, just this little. I don't know. Kindness and I've just right, um, right. It is the whole. It is the power of God's Holy Spirit working in our lives. Yeah, and, um, and and one way we say that is the active force of God's love because God's love is powerful. That's well, right. right, and, and so, it's not and static. So, and it's, right, and, it's, and the it's, things that we must remember is that you cannot underdefine the word love. Right for God, but you also grace is kind. Man, it's kind. Yeah, but absolutely, grace is not absolutely. kindness. Yes, right. right? And and we were even having some discussions in um, spiritual disciplines work we're doing. We're coaching a large group of people here at the church, not just about ways in which they can experience means of grace or yeah, experience means of grace, but how they can implement. We're yeah. putting together Atomic Habits, that book by James Clear yeah. and Andrew Thompson's great work uh, called The Means of Grace. Yeah. Um, and what we keep needing to remind people. As even in those conversations, people are saying, once I experience the kindness of God, I can be kindness, kind to others. That's what they were saying when they said, I experienced the grace of God. And that is true and right. But that's not, if that's all that grace is, you it will not take you where God is trying to take you. Right. And it's not God limiting our rep- reception of grace. It's our understanding limiting. Because right. sometimes God's grace is... Uh, though it is kind, does not feel kind. Right. God's grace can be like an inoculation or a vaccination where it hurts to get and you might have an after effect, but it is going to bring healing or a surgery. Well, so right. God's grace can be quite confrontational to us mm-hmm. as well. It's the kind of idea of it's bad news before it's good news. Right. Um, yeah. The like, good news is bad news before. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The good news is bad news before it's good news. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we're talking about the very power that can transform a life. Yeah. It's the Holy that Spirit can, power, right? That can I mean, yeah. cause us to do a 180. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can take well, the guy I, that we think can never change to change. Um, I, I, and have I new life. So, this yeah. is, I mean, this is totally the move of God in his love. Like this is his love. And I, I keep thinking, let's put it in a Trinitarian context. You know, the nature of God context here. Um, uh, Renero Cantalamesa, uh, former preacher to the papal household, which is still probably the hardest assignment any preacher has ever had, I would imagine. Um, the, uh, he wrote this great book called Come, uh, Come Creator Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a devotional on an ancient, on an ancient hymn. And um, he he writes in there, he defines the Holy Spirit. He says that, um, you know, he, he lays out the Trinitarian uh, idea of, you know, it's the Father who loves and it's the Son who is loved and, and all this, uh, you know, kind of just a Trinitarian way of thinking. But then you've got, um, and, and the Holy Spirit 
is the love that is shared between the Father and the Son. But in the Trinity, because of the nature of God, that love is such a real and authentic and concrete thing that in it in itself is a, is a person, the third person of the Trinity. And so we think of this like the presence of God poured out upon humanity today. Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, the Holy Spirit. And so it is the Holy Spirit always has always been actively working to reveal who God is, to, to, to penetrate our hearts, to move us towards, uh, to convict us of sin, to, to move us towards repentance. This is God's grace. The, the act of grace is truly, an, is truly the act of the, what we would call the third person of the, Holy, of, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which is the love of God in person, if you will, according to Cantula Mesa. So, uh, it's good stuff. I mean, you can't, uh, th- this, is, this is one of the reasons why, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity, for me, matters, right? Because yes. it is so relational. The relationship of, in, within the Godhead of Father, Son, Holy Spirit is such a powerful and, and, and real thing. It overflows, literally, onto humanity through the Holy Spirit upon us. Hmm. Um, so have a yes, good salvation. Salvation is trinitarian. Yes. Uh, if you look back at paragraph one twelve, um, salvation is a movement of restoration, a redemption whose origin is from the Father, mm-hmm. rooted in the atoning work of Christ, and administered yeah. by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Um, what is it that uh, Phil Talon? How does he put it? Um, Alan, you may know this better since you're going through a confirmation class right now. But uh, he says the Father is the source of our salvation. Jesus is the way. And, and the Holy Spirit is the power. Is the, power. Yeah. the power to get there, yeah. Um, good stuff, good stuff. All right. Well, um, you know what? I think this is a good time for us to maybe uh, end this episode and prepare ourselves to move into kind of the specifics um, of God's grace uh, per- uh, pertaining to prevenient grace um, and uh, moving into justification and sanctification later on. So um, this has been good. I Let me just tell you. So, you know, we, we, we subtitled this podcast, What Christians Believe and Why It Matters. And of course, we're coming from a particular uh, Christian tradition worldview of the Wesleyan world as Methodist, uh, but uh, broadly speaking as Wesleyans. This is, the, this is one of the reasons why I am a Wesleyan, is because of John Wesley's uh, treatment and his continual treatment. It seems like this idea of grace um, or what um, uh, Ken Collins would call a theology of love, um, is, uh, is so pertinent for Wesley that um, I, I just, I'm a, this has attracted me since m- the day I gave my life to Jesus almost 30 years ago. I was, um, I was speaking at a Chrysalis event this weekend, and it was January of 1996, so 28 mm. years ago, I became a follower of Jesus, and um, it's been from that moment to this moment where I've the, the love of God has been the thing that has like poured out to me into the world has been the thing that has drawn me even closer. That's the thing I've been pursuing my entire life is to know more about that, to know it intimately, to know it within myself, to know it uh, and to and to be able to teach it. And Wesley, I think, does for me, for me personally as good of a job as anyone um, within the history of the church in presenting God's grace, his love, his mercy, 
his work of salvation to bring his children home to redeem his to redeem humanity as good of a job as, as any. And so um, this kind of stuff just fires me up. I get excited about it. Amen. Um, all right, so um, we uh, we're going to have the links that we mentioned in the episode pertaining to the uh, John Wesley Institute and some others. The hint, some of him. Um, we'll have the TFOD up there. We'll have. I guess I need to find an audio version of. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and you can just you can just sing it and upload yeah, it. Maybe, there you yeah, go. That'd be uh, great. Yeah. Um, we'll have those links. Um, a reminder that the Podikesis Podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcasting Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of the West, of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. You can find out more information and resources at spiritandtruth.life. And I do want to let y'all know um, that uh, the Spirit and Truth conference schedule is up at spiritandtruth.life, and I just implore you to go look at that. I think by the time we drop this uh, this episode, their January 26th and 27th uh, conference in Mobile, Alabama will have already passed. But they've got two more. they got one in February, a 9th through the 10th in Conroe, Texas, and then April 19th through the 20th in Dayton, Ohio. Again, you can find out more about that at spiritandtruth.life backslash conferences. Um, hit us up on social media. Um, uh, at Podikesis is where you can find us on all of social media. You can leave us a voicemail at 404-635-6679. Leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple iTunes. And we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And, you know, for me, I'm glad to be back, y'all. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, um, Alan, Jim, anything else? I guess not. No. All right. See y'all later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>